12. Man, welcome, welcome to Destiny. Amen. Welcome to, to Destiny. We're excited you're here. I'm excited. I'm excited that you're here. I hope you're excited that you're here. I hope nobody drug you screaming and kicking to come. But if they did, uh, you're in a friendly place, so that's all right. So uh, everything's going to be all right. Amen. Um, today is a special day because uh, we've set aside today. Now, we've been teaching on uh, the supernatural all year. I, the Lord spoke to me at the beginning, at the end of last year and told me that 2019 would be a year that the supernatural becomes our new natural. And we've talked about the supernatural all year. We've talked about what that looks like, how, what that involves. Basically, we've, we've kind of shrunk that down and, and not, not in a bad way, but we've kind of reduced it to where we, where we can talk about it a little bit more. Because how many of you know that, and we talk about this a lot, but there's some things that when, when people start talking about it, people just freak out and get crazy and think that, you know, like, you know, they get weird on you and all kinds of stuff. Well, when you talk about, when you, when you mention the word supernatural, that's one of those words. And the reason being, you know, if you look on TV today, if you look on TV at the, the most, some of the most popular shows, it involves supernatural stuff. You know, it involves uh, things out of, the, out of the natural scope. You know, uh, people, you know, disappearing and coming back, people having superpowers, people having, uh, being able to do incredible things. I mean, you know, it's just all of the TV shows, they deal with things that are over, over and above the natural things. A lot of them do. And, and so there is a hunger. There's a hunger for the supernatural. You know, there's a hunger for that side of, 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 uh, of life that some people, they, they just don't know. They, you know, they just, maybe they don't know, they don't understand it. They don't, uh, they don't know how to get there, but they're definitely looking for it. And we've, all year long, we have been talking about the supernatural, and we've been talking about how that, that the supernatural could really be defined as, as anything that, uh, anything, anything that you get God involved in becomes supernatural. Because when you get God involved in it, then it goes above your natural, and, and when God gets involved with anything, it becomes super. And you put them together and it becomes supernatural. Amen? So we've looked at all kinds of different aspects of that. And, um, and so, to, you know, as we started, as we started planning this, I've, I had it on my heart to do this uh, for some time about doing a volunteer appreciation. Because one thing, one thing I know is this, is that a church cannot survive without people helping. You know, there's not, there's not one church that is successful that is that where one person does everything. Because one, because one person can't do everything. <laughs> you know, I mean, in other words, if I was the only one that was serving this morning, that means I would have to be a greeter, I would have to be up here singing, I would have to receive the offering, I'd have to be back there at the nursery, I'd have to be back with the kids, I'd have to, you know, I'd have to be doing all those things. And guess what? One person can't do that. It takes everybody. Amen. And so, so I was telling the Lord, I, you know, I was, I was talking to the Lord about this and I said, I said, well, you know, uh, I said, well, we've been talking about the supernatural all year. And I said, we'll take a break this week and get back to it next week. And here's what the Lord told me. He said, he said, no, you won't. And I said, okay. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, why not? You know, but he told me this, and we're going to see this in the scripture. I never really looked at it like this, but, but he said this. He said, the ministry of helps is just as supernatural as any other thing that you'll talk about. And he showed me in the scripture. He took me to this scripture, and I thought. And when I saw it, I thought, well, of course it is. I mean, how 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 silly of me to think anything else, you know? 
So, uh, so we're going to be looking here in First First Corinthians chapter twelve. But before I do that, I want to share something with you. I've I, I've had uh, I just really felt impressed to do this this morning as I woke up, and um, uh, the Lord just really impressed upon me to do this. I want to share two dreams with you that I've had in the last couple of weeks, and uh, and just to encourage you, he he just said that there would be some people here today that really that need to hear this, that need to be encouraged by this. So uh, about two weeks ago, it was like on. Uh, I think it was a Thursday night. I woke up early Friday morning. I woke up and I, I had had a dream. And here was the dream that I had. This is the first dream I had a couple of weeks ago. Um, I had woke up and I saw people receiving phone calls. You know, people were picking up the phone, talking, and, and then they were like, you know, you could tell they were real excited about it and real, real happy about the phone call. And when I woke up, I just heard the Lord say this. He said, he said that uh, that people are going to start receiving. Uh, News. People are going to start. Uh, th- he said, people are going to start receiving phone calls about things that have been delayed in their lives, things they've been waiting on, things that that you know they've been waiting and waiting and waiting. But he said those things are going to start to be untied and unloosed, and people would start getting phone calls and about those things being set free in their lives. Uh, and then immediately, like that that morning, as I got up and. Uh, I was looking on Facebook, Sean Bowles uh, out of California, he's a pastor out of California and operates in the, a lot of the prophetic stuff. He had posted a picture on there that said that, it said that like in the next 18 months, people, in the next 18 months, people would be, he said, he said people would be signing contracts that they've waited their whole lives on. And, you know, and, 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 and they just went hand in hand with exactly what the Lord showed me in my dream. That things that you things that had been delayed would start being unloosed and untied, and that that you would start receiving those things and you start walking in those things. So that was the first dream, and you know, and and, and so I just started praying about it. And I just started saying, "Well, Lord, I'm, you know, man, I, I receive that because there's things in my in mine and Stacy's lives that, uh, and even in the church that we've been waiting on some things and been waiting, uh, you know, and and waiting just for the doors to open for the right timing and the right, you know, the different things like that." So, so I knew that, that that was not only for me, but but he also said that was for a bunch of you. As a matter of fact, uh, a couple of you, I saw, I saw a couple of you guys answering the phone uh, on, on the phone calls, and and uh, you know, so so just know that some things you've been waiting on, some things that you've been uh, that that you've been waiting to happen is getting ready to happen. Amen. And if you if you want to receive that, receive it. If you don't, don't then don't. Amen. But then last night I had another dream. I woke up last night and uh, I, I'd been I'd been asleep for a while and just woke up and I was like wide awake and and I and I had a couple a couple things that I've been praying about and and you know a couple situations that I've been working with. Um, all those thoughts started just running through my mind, you know, and just started racing through my mind, and I was just like, you know, like. My goodness, I gotta I gotta quit thinking about all this, or I won't be able to get back to sleep. You know, you know how like when you wake up and your mind just starts racing, and you start think you, you think of this thought and then that thought and then this thought, and next thing you know, you're literally wide awake and you can't go back to sleep. And you know, so I thought before I get out of control here, I gotta I gotta just shut this off. And you know, because because really all it was was thoughts of worry, and it's thoughts of how you're gonna do this and how you're gonna do that and what's gonna happen here. And look at this situation, look at that, you know, and it was just like boom, boom, boom. And and I just knew. I mean, you know, I just knew. I was like, I, and I just I prayed. I said, Lord, if I don't, I said, if, if I got to shut my mind off here because if I don't, I'll be wide awake, won't be able to get back to sleep. So uh, so I got back to sleep pretty quick, 
And, but as soon as I went back to sleep, I, I went into a dream. I went into this other dream. And I was driving a car, and, and I started going up a hill. And, and I, grew up on, I grew up in the mountains, and, and I grew up on a farm and a lot of hills and uh, steep hills and different things like that. And I, I've driven, uh, driven a lot of vehicles with trailers and farm equipment and stuff like that. And, you know, anytime you go up a real steep incline, a lot of times the car, you know, you know it kind of starts bogging down and, and you have to really put it in a lower gear to get up the hill and different things like that, you know. And you can't go as fast going uphill, of course, as you can going downhill or on flat ground. So, so you know, and, and, you know and, and we all know, like, if you drive the interstates or whatever, they have the truck lanes on the mountains and on the hills where the slower vehicles pull over to the side because the loads are so heavy. And that was kind of the picture I saw. I saw, I saw a bunch of cars going up this, this real big hill, and everybody started slowing down. And, and all the cars got slower and slower and slower. And then the next thing I know, I saw a bunch of people outside of their cars pushing their cars. And I was one of them. I was outside just pushing my car up this big mountain, you know, just struggling. And, and then as I saw that, I started hearing what everybody was saying and what everybody was thinking. And it was thoughts like this. Well, I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to pay for that. Well, how come they're always doing that to me? How come they're always saying that about me? How come this? How come... And, and all it was, was was all these people that were pushing their cars, all it was was thoughts of fear, thoughts of worry, thoughts of, of you know, like, I just don't, I don't know how, how I'm going to make it. You know, and how come all this always happens to me? And how come I'm not the one that always wins? And, but, you know, everybody else always wins and I never get to. But it was all these negative thoughts. And, and it was like the Lord spoke to me and He said, he said if you don't want to push that, that car all the way up the mountain, He said, you better start thinking the right way and saying the right things. And immediately, immediately I said, I said that's right. Now, I'm, ha- I'm still in a dream. I mean, I, you understand, I'm, I'm dreaming this. But immediately I started, I could see myself and I said, I said, that's right. I said, I'm, I wasn't designed to push this car up the mountain. I, and and at the, as soon as I said that, I also said this. I said, I wasn't designed to carry this load of worry. I wasn't designed to, to try to do this in my own strength. I said, Lord, I give it to You. I can't do this, Lord. I have to have Your help. And Lord, I, I'm dependent on You. I'm asking You right now for help. And as soon as I said that, I was up on top of the mountain overlooking like a, a beautiful scenery. I mean, a, you know, just overlooking beautiful uh, uh you know, like a mountain range, and I was sitting in an easy chair sipping iced tea. So see, I'm telling you, God likes iced tea. Sweet tea. Now, everybody tells me sweet tea's bad for me, but I, I had a dream, and I was drink, and God was helping me, and I was drinking sweet tea. So anyway, I'll talk to the Lord about that. But, but, uh, but I was there, and instead of pushing that car... Instead of pushing the car and, and being under that heavy load, I was now sitting up in an easy chair, sipping iced tea, just enjoying the scenery. And I, I kind of look back down and I see uh, there's a lot of people still struggling pushing their cars. And, but immediately the Lord took me to this scripture and I woke up. I mean, I woke up right at that moment when I, I, I kind of saw myself doing that. And I kind of looked down and I, I saw a bunch of people still struggling to get up the mountain. And, and when I woke up, the Lord, the Lord said, he said, and he said, I'll give you a scripture to go with it. And he gave me this scripture. And the scripture is in John chapter 6. And, uh, and this is the story where, where Jesus 
goes up to the mountain to pray. The disciples are out. You know, he sends the disciples to go over to the other side of the, the sea. And they, they go out three or four miles in the middle of the sea. And the storm comes. And, and, you know, and they're struggling. And it's the middle of the night probably. And they're really having a tough time. They're struggling. And, and Jesus walks on the water to them. And he's walking up to them. And, and I'm just going to pick up in verse uh, 20, 21 here, 20. And it says that, uh, it says this, but, well, and actually, verse 19 says this. So when they had rowed uh, about four or five, or when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, so 25 or 34 furlongs, which was about three to four miles, it says they, they saw Jesus walking on the sea, drawing near unto the ship, and they were all afraid. And, you know, and, and this is another classic example. We always say, well, you know, man, the disciples were such scaredy cats and that. But if you're out there on the, out there on a rough sea and see somebody walking on the water, you'd be scared too. You know, so we can't give the disciples too hard a time. But Jesus said it. So, so they're struggling. They're out here rowing and, and man, they're tired. They've been rowing three or four miles. They see Jesus coming up by the ship, walking on the sea. And Jesus talks to them and he said this in verse 20. He said, but he said unto them, it is I, be not afraid. And now I want you to notice very carefully verse 21, because this just jumped out at me. He said, he said, then they willingly, everybody just say willingly. Then they willingly received him into the ship. And immediately, say immediately. Immediately the ship was at the other, was at the land where they were going. So here's what the Lord spoke to me. He said this. He said, when people willingly change the way they think and change their, their, their speech, he said, then they'll start immediately seeing a difference in their life. And the dream I had, you remember the dream? I was outside the car, pushing the car, struggling. I mean, you know, I mean, because in, in all reality, one person is not going to push a vehicle up a mountain. That thing's going to roll back over top of them. And, I mean, some people might be able to do it, but very few. I wouldn't be able to do it, I'll tell you that. I mean, you know, pushing a, a car all the way up a mountain. But, but it was like in that dream, immediately, as soon as I said, as soon as I took my hands off the car and said, I can't do this, God, you're going to have to do this. I was up on top of the mountain, sitting, sitting down, just enjoying rest, and my car was right there beside me. And what happened? I, cha- I, I willingly took my hands off the problem and said, Lord, I can't do this. I need your help. I give this to you. And as soon as I gave it to him, immediately I was sitting there sipping my iced tea, you know, feeling the cool breeze, just enjoying the scenery. And it was like the Lord was telling me, and He wants you to hear this. There's some of you that's been carrying a heavy load. Some of you have been pushing and tugging and pulling and groaning and moaning and complaining and griping and and whatever other words you want to use. And you've really been struggling. And, and you, you keep asking, when's this going to be over? When's this going to be through? How, you know, when is, when is this, when, you know, how, how much longer can I do this? And, and the Lord is telling you today, put your hands up. Take your hands off of it and say, Lord, I give it to you. I cannot carry this weight. I cannot carry this burden any longer. I give it to you. And just like in this story, in, in the Amplified, in verse 21, it says this. It says, Then they were, they were quite willing and glad for him to come into the boat. And now the boat was at once to the land that they had, they had steered toward. And immediately they received, or they, they reached the shore 
toward where they had been slowly making their way. So the Lord just wants you to hear this morning that if you will, if you will willingly and gladly give your problems to Him, you'll immediately see a change in your life. Amen. And, and some of you, some of you that, and, and the reason I shared both of those dreams with you is because as I was praying about it this morning, as I was praying about it this morning, I just heard the Lord just say that those dreams were connected because He said, He said, He said, some of you have not got those, those breakthroughs in life because you've been too busy pushing your load or pulling your load or tugging or, or you've been so consumed about your, about the troubles that you haven't been in a place to where you could receive the breakthroughs that you that that he has prepared for you. So so if that if that relates to you, if you relate to that and you that's for you, then take it and run with it. Amen. Take throw your hands up and say, Lord, I'm taking my hands off of it and I'm giving it to you. And then just receive receive the the blessings of, of the Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. So all right, so that's free. I won't charge you anything for that one. Amen. All right, so 1 Corinthians 12. I want to talk to you this morning about the ministry of helps. We are, we are celebrating our, our volunteers today. We, we average probably, we run number-wise, number, number wise, we run probably somewhere, um, somewhere between 90 to 100 people a week. Some weeks are more, some weeks are less. You know, so, so I'm, I'm just going to say on average 100 people. I mean that's that's a that's a decent average. Probably probably to be honest with you, the average is closer to about ninety or something. But but just for the sake of numbers, let's do a hundred people. Um, as I was counting up, as I was as we started writing down everybody's name that serves, uh, everybody's name that 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 serves in a department here at the church. Now there's some of you that do a lot of things that may not necessarily have a position or a title or uh, serve in a particular place, but I'm talking about people that serve, you know, in the nursery with kids, uh, praise and worship, youth, uh, you know, do the lawn maintenance, cleaning, uh, you know, just the, the, all the ones that I could write your name down and put something beside it that you do. Um, you know, we started counting those people up, and, and out of a church of 100 people, um, we had about 55 volunteers. Now that and, and you look at that and you're like, that's about half the people. But you have to remember that's not including kids. I mean, that's you know we have a lot of kids, we have a lot of young people, and we have a lot of uh, a lot of other people that you know for various reasons can't can't necessarily serve on a weekly basis and things like that. But I was I, that blessed me that we had so many people serving, and you know because because a lot of times you find in churches that you know they have the the twenty eighty principle, which is you know, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That's usually about, that's, that's the numbers that, that most churches run at. So, so for us to say that we have over half of our people actively involved in the ministry, uh, and I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about people that have served, I'm talking about people that today, that we could write down on a piece of paper the departments you serve in. Like, you know, even right now, I mean, you know, we've got a couple people in the nursery, we've got kids in the, uh, people in the kids' class back here um you know we and of course in today we've got three or four back in the in the kitchen preparing for for our volunteer appreciation lunch uh, you know so there's people doing things all the time you know you just saw the ushers come forward and and you know receive the us receive the they ushed this morning you know they received the received the offerings 
Um, you know, we have people like like after the offerings come in, we have we have a, we have different teams that count the money, and we have. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of different things that people do, and you may never even see, you may never even know who does it. You pull up into the yard, you pull up into the driveway every week, and the yard looks great. You know why the yard looks great? Because somebody took their Friday or Saturday and came up here a couple hours and cut the yard. You come in and you see that the bathrooms are clean and the trash has all been picked up and everything's dusted and, 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 the, and everything looks good. That doesn't just happen. You know why that happens? Because we've got people that come in and clean the church. You know, and, and, and you're sitting here, some of you are sitting here today and you can listen because your kids are either in the nursery or the king's kids class. And you can enjoy a service because you're, you don't have, you're not sitting there reaching trying to keep your kids being from being too loud. So see, it takes, it takes everybody working together, coming together to, to have a successful church. And I want to show you this morning, I want to, I want to show you from the Scripture, because here, here's something that I hear all the time. I hear people say things like, well, you know, like if you ask them, what, what do you do in the church? I meet people and, I, you know, and, and I'm always interested. I always, a lot of times I'll ask if they go to a different church. I'll always ask them, I was like, well, what do you do at, what do, you do at the church? Because, see, here's, here's, here's the way I see things. As a pastor, and, you, and you, you'll probably say, well, that's just because you're a pastor. But, but listen, I, I, have been a, I mean, I have been a servant from, I mean, for as long as I've been in church, I've always been, I've always been involved doing something. And, uh, and, you know, and, and, and I get, you know, to me, church is my life as a pastor. And that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's, it's, it's just, I, I just enjoy church. You know, so I get excited when I talk about church, and when and when I talk to people, and they'll say, "Oh, I go to so and so a church." A lot of times, I'll ask them, I'll say, "Well, what do you do there? You know, what are you involved in?" And sometimes, sometimes, you know, you'll hear people say, "Well, yeah, I'm not really involved. I've just, you know, either I just started going, or I, you know, ah, it's too big of a church to get involved in, or or then I've heard the other, oh, it's too small of a church to get involved in. You know, one family runs it all, or." You know, or or that they just you know it's all too big or too small or or something like that. But then you'll run into people that'll say, "Oh, I, I I do kids," or "Oh, I'm I'm part of this team or I'm part of that team," and they're excited about what they're doing. Well, let me ask you a question: Which church would you rather go to? If you if if someone were to ask, if you were looking for a church and you you had two people. And you ask them, well, what you know? What do you do there? What what all what all are, are you involved in? And somebody somebody just says, oh well, I you know I I don't really like to get involved. There are them people. I don't. I mean, you know, I go to church there, but I you know they're just you know uh, you know how those that family is. Versus somebody else over here, you ask them what they do. Oh, I'm involved in the kids' clip. I'm involved in the you know in this or man the men's ministry or the women's ministry or man I get to do this. I'm man I just love it every time I get the opportunity to you know to sing on the worship team or to or you know which one of those would you would would you probably be more willing to go to? Probably the one where somebody's excited about what's going on. So so what I'm saying is this: inside the church, there's so many opportunities. And some of you, and some of you, you know, I know that uh, some of you are fairly new, so you might say, "Well, I don't really know what opportunities there are." Some of you've been here for a long time. We've had some that served a long time and came and said, "Pastor, we we want to take a little bit of a break." And you know what? Sometimes that's okay. Amen. It's okay to take a break, but just don't get comfortable in the break. 
Because you know what? As, you're, as we're going to see here, as I read these scriptures here in a moment, you're going to find that, that the way God designed the church was that He designed for every single person. I want you to look around, look at your neighbor. Look at the person on the other side. Now, point to yourself. God didn't design the church just for them. He designed it for you. And you're going to find that He tells us very plainly here that it takes everybody working together for the body to function the way He designed it to function. And that's why it's so important. And I've got a lot to say. So let me read this scripture here and then I want to try and get through a little bit soon or quicker today. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now the first part of this, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, is about the, the ministry gifts, the five, the, the nine gifts of the Spirit. And, but then he goes into, now, and we would all say this, and this is what the Lord showed me. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would say that the first, the first part of chapter 12, verses 1 through 11 or so, um, which talks about the nine, the nine gifts of the Spirit, word of wisdom, words of knowledge, discerning of spirits, gift of faith, working of miracles, the gifts of healings, prophecy tongues, interpretation of tongues. How many of you all would all agree that that's like pretty supernatural stuff? I mean, that's, I mean, you know, we would say that, you know, that's supernatural stuff, you know, the gifts of the Spirit. So, so he's talking about some supernatural things here. Then he kind of shifts gears a little bit. And he starts talking about the body. And as I started looking at this, the Lord told me, he said, he said, notice I didn't really change subjects. He said, yes, I talked about the gifts of the Spirit, but the gifts of the Spirit are given to the body. So he, then he starts talking about the body here. Let's look here. We'll just start looking in verse 12. 1 through 11, like I said, is about the nine, the nine ministry gifts and, and how they operate and things. But, but let's look at verse 12 for a moment. And we're going to read down through probably verse 28 or so. And we'll just read this pretty quick. I'll make a few comments on it. But so, he's, so then he said this. He said, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So, you know, that's a lot of language in there. But basically what he was saying was this. Just like our bodies, just like these bodies that we have here, they're made up of a lot of parts. We would all say that, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know how many... You know, man, you start counting stuff. I mean, you start counting blood vessels and organs. and I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in us. You know, there's more stuff in us than we even know, right? But guess what? You're one body. You know, when I look at, when I look at you, I don't look at BJ and say, oh, there's all 3,252 parts of you. I'm like, oh, no, there's BJ. Why? Because he's one body. He's got all those parts, but he's one body. So then he said, just like that, he said, so is Christ. And so is the church. He, he goes on to say that. So in verse, as a matter of fact, verse 13, he goes on to say this. He says, for by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bound or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. So the body of Christ, the church, is not just about the uh, just about the superstar pastor. Amen. It's not about the most famous person. It's not about just Brother Hagen or Brother Copeland or or you know or, or you name any other famous ministry. It's not just about them. He says the he says the body is made up of many members. Amen. 
And then he goes on to say, he says, If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, it is, there, is it therefore not of the body? In other words, he just starts comparing. He said, just because, because you look at one person, and, and he's talking about physical things, but at, in a minute he's going to re, kind of switch gears and start talking about physical things. But just you can't look at somebody else and say, oh, I wish I had the, the humor of BJ when he gets up there and talks about the announcements, makes everybody laugh. I wish I could do that. But since I can't do it that way, then I, you know, I'll never be used by God. We start comparing ourselves... But what we find out is this. We, we find out that, that God can use everybody, and He wants to use everybody. And the cool thing about it is this, is that everybody's different, and that's okay. You don't have to be the same as somebody else. As a matter of fact, God doesn't want you to act like somebody else. He wants you to act like you. Paul said this. Paul said, he, Paul said, you know, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. But Paul wasn't telling them, you know, try to be just like me. What Paul was telling them was, I want you to be like Christ. Just like I'm following Jesus and I'm trying to be like Him. He said, use my example and you try to be like Jesus. That was the point he was making. Let's go on and, and, let's go on and read some more here. He says, verse 17, If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the smelling be? Verse 18, he says, But now God hath set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased Him. The Amplified says this, But as it is, God has placed and arranged the limbs and the organs in the body, each particular one of them, just as He wished and saw fit and with the best adaptation. So in other words, God, when He created you, before He created you, as He was thinking about you, He formed you and He says, oh, He would fit in perfect right here. Oh, she would do perfect over here. Oh, look at this. This is going to be such a blessing to these people over here when she comes on the scene and when she, when she shows up. And it says, so God, He saw fit to put you right where He wants you. Now see, a lot of times people say, People say, well, I, I don't know whether I, I'm supposed to be here or there or, or what church I'm supposed to go to. You know, see, really, the, the reality of it is this. It's not really your choice. It is, but, but God has a bigger plan than that. See, God has designed you and He's put certain things in you to where when you find your place, you will flourish. Psalm chapter 1 talks about that, that a tree planted by the water flourisheth in all of its seasons. And see, when you find your place, when you find the place that you're supposed to be, then, man, you will get rooted and your roots will go deep and you will flourish. And it will be just like God wants it to be. Let's go on and read some more. Verse 19, and if, he says, If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, he says, But now are they many members, yet they're one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet. I have no need of thee. No, much more these members of the body, which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. And those members of the body, which, are, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And, more, and, the more, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Now, what he, what he was saying there is this. You know, when you look at the, 
when you look at the, uh, when we look, when I look at you, when you look at another person, we see a face, we see your hair, we see your body, and things like that. But you know, really, your your face and your your hair, how you wear your hair, the clothes you wear on your body, you know, really and truly, that's not the most important part of you. The most important part of you is on the inside, your heart, your lungs, your stomach, your all the different systems God's put in you. Why is that more important? Because you know what? You can have the most perfect hair. You can have the most perfect face. You can have the, the most perfect body, wear the most perfect clothes. But if your heart don't work, what good is all the rest of it? If, you're, if your lungs don't breathe, you know what? Everybody will go by the casket and say, boy, he's got pretty hair. <laughs> but, you know, but, but, you know, what good is that going to do you? What he's saying here is this. So much of the time, we, we put so much emphasis on one person or one thing, and we think, well, if I can't be that or if I can't do that, then I'm not important. So since I'm not important, I don't need to serve. I don't need to get involved anywhere because I don't have the time. I don't have this. I don't have that. And, and we allow those thoughts to keep us from getting involved in the ministry of helps. And what God says is this. What, you know, because... Uh, if you study church, uh, you know, church growth and different things like that, they'll tell you the church growth uh, statistics, I'll get that word out, statistics will tell you that, that when a newcomer, when somebody new comes to church for the very first time, they will have decided, they will have decided in, in about three and a half minutes from the time they walk onto campus whether they'll ever come back again or not. They see how friendly the people are, the first, the first people they meet. They see how clean the building is. They see how well things are taken care of. And they immediately, even before they ever step foot in the sanctuary, before they ever hear the worship team, before they ever hear the pastor speak, most people have already made up their mind, maybe not, maybe not consciously, but, but subconsciously, they've made their mind up whether they, whether they feel like they could be a fit there or not. So, so see, yeah, it's important that the pastor be able to, to deliver a good message and share the Word. It's important to have good music, and we all love the good music, and we have, we have a great team here that leads every week. I mean, that, that is important. But you know what? If, nobody, if everybody walks in the door and sees a dirty building and rude people and, and, and just nobody wants to be here and they turn around and walk out, then guess what? Nobody's going to get to hear the worship team or hear the pastor speak. So you see how important all all these parts working together. I've I've heard stories about I've heard stories about how people come into church buildings and go to take their kids in the nursery and they've got the kids stuck in a closet somewhere. I mean, you know, in other words, what what I mean by that is, you know, it's almost like it was an afterthought about, oh, well, where are we going to stick the kids at? Oh, well, let's just stick them in this room. And you know, I don't know about you, but my kids are important to me. And if, if I go if I go somewhere, especially if I've got little kids, I go somewhere and I and I, I see that they've stuck them in a back room somewhere that's got all kinds of hazards and all kinds of dangers. I'm probably going to think twice about bringing my kids back or even leaving them there to begin with. So see, it's it's very important. I, and the reason I'm saying all this is because what I'm saying is the people that the actually the people that aren't even in the sanctuary this morning that are serving in the nursery and kids and, and all these other places, those people are really just as important, if not more important, than, than I am standing here talking to you. Why? Because we're a team. It takes all of us working together 
to, to, to have a good church. It takes you and it takes me. It takes all of us. There's not one of you that are sitting here today, there's not one that's listening to this, this on the internet or on a CD, there's not one person that is not important to God. And if you're important to God, then you're important to us. And if God's got a plan for you, then you can join, you can join in with us and we can, we can work on that together. Amen. Now let's go on and read a little bit more. Um, let's look at verse... Well, we got down to 24. He says this, For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to those parts which lack. In other words, they were saying that, you know, we don't think of those, those parts as having need, but God says that He puts more emphasis on that. Then look at verse 25. Now, this, these are the Scriptures, these next three verses here that I want you to see. He says this, that there should be no schism or no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. So see, you shouldn't think that one person is more important than somebody else. The person that's sitting on your right, the person sitting on your left, listen, you, you, may, not know, you may not know what the person sitting beside you or behind you has gone through this week. You know, I, I, got a, I got a note from somebody gave me this note. And I'm not going to read the name on it, but somebody had uh, had had heard that we had mentioned somebody that hadn't been here in a while, and in our prayer, and um, and they just had it on their heart just to write a letter to them, just write a card, just to tell them they're praying for them and they missed them. And this person wrote wrote a letter back to to this this person that you know uh, here at the church, and and here was the note that she sent back. She said, thank you so much for your card and your prayers. It meant a lot to hear from you. Sometimes when we are going through a, challenge, a challenging time, it is easy to feel alone, and the encouragement from others helps us stand strong. Thank you for that. And then she goes, they go into detail about a situation that they were in, and, and um, then there was one other part here that I wanted. Um, they said this. She said, she said, we love and miss all of you, and when we walk back through the doors of destiny the next time, we will be enforcing the, triumph, the triumphant victory once again, talking about that we're always victorious in Christ because they're going through some health issues and stuff. But, but I just wanted you to see that, that because somebody sent a letter to somebody or just a card. See, because here, here's the thing. Sometimes we think, you know, well, I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not made to be up on the stage. I'm not, I don't want to be in front of people. Well, guess what? You can sit at home and write cards to people. And be just as important and minister to people just the same as if they were standing right here and you laid hands on them in front of everybody. You see, there's so many things, so many ways that you can be involved. You have no idea what, what the, you know, you may have no idea of what the person beside you is going through that's sitting beside you. But you know what? A smile may be exactly what they need today. Or just going up and giving them a hug saying, it sure is good to see you today. Hearing from God saying, you know, God saying, you know, hey, go over and just shake that person's hand or tell that person thank you. Tell that person that you love them or, or tell that person, you know, thank you for doing this or doing that. When you go pick up your kids from, from the different departments, instead of just picking them up running out, take time to stop and say, thank you for serving in the nursery today. Thank you for teaching my kids and King's kids today. You know, take the time to be an encouragement everywhere you go. 
Why? Because he said here that there shouldn't be any divisions in the body, but that we should treat one another. We should treat people the way we want to be treated. Amen. Let's go on and read a couple more verses, and now I'm going to be through. And whether, and, and verse 26, and whether one member suffer, and when one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And when one member is honored, all the members are honored with it. But now look at verse 27 or 28, the two verses I wanted to get to, because these are so important. And let's just, for the sake of time, let's just look at uh, from the Amplified. We'll just look at it from the Amplified in verse 27. He says this, he says, Paul said this, he says, Now you collectively are Christ's body, and individually you are members of it, each part severally and distinct. Each, each one with his own place and function. Now notice he didn't say the most important ones have a place and function. But he said every single one of you have a place and a function. That place and function, like I said, it may not be on the stage. It may not be, it may not be something you can do every week. But it, it could be something as simple as just saying, you know what? When God puts somebody on my heart, I'm going to call and tell them, I'm going to call and, and just obey God. Guess what? That's part of the body. That's what this, that's what this letter was. They, somebody just had a, had a, had a prompting to, to send a letter to somebody, and they got a letter back and said, you'll never know how much that meant. You know, I'm going through a tough time, and it's so good to hear from somebody, you know, to know that I'm not alone. You see, because here's the thing. God will speak to us, and He'll put people on our hearts, and so much of the time we get busy. I, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of this. Sometimes in the middle of the day or, or, you know, in a busy time, the Lord will put somebody on my heart and I'll be like, yeah, I need to call them. And then guess what? An hour, two hours, three hours, a day, two days goes by. Oh, man, I didn't call them. And then when you do finally get to, you, you run up with them and, and you tell them, man, I was just thinking about you the other day. Well, man, thanks. I had, I had the roughest week I've had in, in a long time. Well, then how much, how much would that, have, that phone call would have meant to them? You see what I'm saying? We all have things. We, we all can do something, right? We all have a part to play. Verse 28, and we're going we're gonna to finish up here in these next couple verses. Verse 28 from the Amplified says this, So God has appointed some in the church. Now, here, here's the, listen to this list. Because the first part of this list, we'll think, man, these are all supernatural things. It says, So God has appointed some in the church in His own use, first apostles, special messengers, second, prophets, inspired preachers and, and expounders, third, teachers, then wonder workers, the, the King James says miracle workers, or workings of miracles. And then, and then he goes on to say this, then those with the ability to heal the sick. Now all of those, man, apostles, you know, apostles and, and prophets and teachers, workers of miracles, gifts of healings, all those, man, we would say those are supernatural things. You know, man, and, you know, wouldn't you love, you know, sometimes people say, well, man, I'd love if God spoke to me and says, says Brother so-and-so, I've called you to be a prophet to the world. Oh, yes, Lord, sign me up, sign me up, I'll, I'll go. You know, I want to put you in front of there. I'm going to make you famous. You know, you're going to be a prophet. You're going to be a, a teach. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. I'm going to take you around the world. Yes, Lord, I'll go. Yeah, yeah. But then, unfortunately, the very next, the very next thing here, what is it? After all those things, after the apostle, the prophets, the teachers, the the miracle workers, the the people that heal the sick, the little word helpers. Helpers. 
God, God taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, your neighbor, your neighbor needs some help there mowing the yard. Your neighbor needs some help. The person down the road is kind of struggling. Take them some groceries. Lord, I ain't got time for that. I'm, I, I want, I, yeah, I'm waiting on you to call me to be a prophet to the world. Use me, Lord, use me. Hey, somebody down the road needs some help. See that person sitting beside you in church? Man, they could really use a hug today. Lord, I'm too busy. I, I've got, I'm, waiting on to, I'm waiting to hear the voice of the Lord. Use me, Lord, use me. And yet all the time, one of the most supernatural gifts in the body of Christ, one of the most supernatural ministries in the body of Christ is to be a helper. People tell me all the time, well, Pastor, if you ever need anything, if you ever need any help, just, just let me know. And, you know, and, and, and I appreciate that. And, and there's been many times I'll call people that tell me that. I'll call people and say, hey, I need some help doing this. Yeah, I'll be right there, you know. And people have helped me tremendously. But you know what blesses me more than, than even somebody just saying, just call me if you need me? What blesses me more is when somebody comes up and says, Pastor, I saw a need. I saw, I saw this person, or I saw a need in this, this ministry, or I saw a need over here, and I, I, I want to be involved in that. I want to help meet that need. Because I saw that some, I saw you needed some help in that area. You know, you might see somebody, you might, you might be paying attention and notice that the same person goes back every single week. The same person does the same thing every single week. And you might say, you know what? I want to help that person out. I want to do something different. I, want, I don't want them to have to go back every week. I want, to, I want to help them out. You see, that ministry is just as important as the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the one that does miracles, the ones that the ones that lay hands on people and, the, and sick. Now, listen. All, actually, the the wonder work of the miracle and the the ones that heal the sick that's a commission for all of us believers. That's not for a select few. But what I'm wanting you to see is this here: that the ministry of helps is listed right in the middle of all these other supernatural ministries. And the Lord is saying, the Lord told me as I studied as I was studying this this week. The Lord told me, He said, the ministry of helps is just as supernatural as the prophet that goes all around the world. And you say, why is it, why is it, so, why is it you know, as important as that? Because you know what? Every person, every individual is important to God. And if, if the things aren't taken care of in the local church and somebody turns around and walks out because, they don't, because the kids' area is not clean or the church is dirty or, or somebody was rude to them or... Or they saw something, you know, you'll never be able to make everybody happy. You understand that. But, but, but listen, it takes all the parts working together for the body to function. Now let me tell you this story, and I want to close with this. And, I, and listen, this is not a, I don't want anybody, if you're here today and you don't serve in any department, I don't want to put judgment on you, and I don't want to make you feel bad. Because we all have reasons why we do or don't. I mean, you know, and, and there's some legitimate reasons why some people can't serve and can't get involved in reason, and that's fine. And if you're just here and you just say, I just, I just had never signed up, I never done anything, that's fine too, you know. That, but, but what I'm wanting, I'm what, what I'm wanting you to see is this, is that for, you know, in, in the body of Christ, it takes everybody working together. And there's other scriptures that say that, and it says, when, when each part does its part, then the body functions fully. But when you don't, guess what? If you're called to do something, and God has gifted you to do something, and you're not doing it, then guess what? Somebody else has got to pick up that load and carry that along with what they're supposed to do. So it puts more more burden on somebody else. I heard this story the other day, uh, and uh, and I thought it fitting good with this. This this guy was talking about uh, 
uh, he grew up on a farm, and he said, you know, when he was young, he was before he got his license, said one of the things he loved to do on his grandpa's farm was to drive the uh, drive the vehicles. And he said, you know, that he that he couldn't just go drive the. They had a farm truck. He called it the farm truck. They couldn't go. He said, I couldn't just go drive the farm truck anytime I wanted to. He said it had to be out in the fields. You know, Grandpa had to have it out in the fields. And he said, but if he had it out in the fields, he would let me drive it. And he said, I love that thing. He said, because it had a clutch in it and had a four on the floor. He said, I just love shifting them gears, you know. And he said, as a young kid, man, he said, I grew up on that and I just loved it. So he said that he, his, he, his dad had told him that his grandpa was going to be out in the fields that day. So he went to school that morning and all he could think about was driving that truck, you know, shifting them gears, you know, and helping, helping his grandpa in the fields, you know, bring some, I think they were getting hay in or something. And, and he said all day long, he said he didn't learn nothing at school that day because every, every class said every, every spare minute he had, he was just thinking about sitting in that truck, shifting them gears, you know. And so, so, so he, he rode the bus home and he, he jumped on his bicycle and, and, you know, drove over, rode over to his, his grandpa's house. And when he got there, he saw the, he saw the truck sitting in the garage with the hood up. And he said, he said he went to his grandpa and said, said, Grandpa, what's wrong? Why, why aren't you in the field? And, and his grandpa said, well, he said, well, son, he said, he said, the thing started running rough with me. And he said, I knew this carburetor needed to be clean. He said, so I took the car. He said, I just, he said, after lunch here, he said, I just brought it into the shop and said, I took the carburetor off and I'm cleaning it. And he said, I'll put it back together here. And he said, we'll get it back together and get it back out there. And he said, we'll, we'll get out there in the field in a little bit. And, and you know how little kids are. They're impatient, you know. And he's like, well, hurry, Grandpa, hurry. So, so he said that his grandpa started putting it back together. And he said he noticed that as he was putting that carburetor back together, he said they had a bunch of these little parts. There were some springs and some little things over there. And he said that he noticed that he had put it in there and he would turn it a couple times and said he would look at a book and he would, he would read a book and, you know, try to figure out how many times I guess he needed to, you know, where it needed to be adjusted to. And he was taking too long for this kid. So finally this kid said, said, Grandpa, said, don't worry about all them little parts. said, just put them big parts back together and put it on there. And he said, let's get back out in the field. And the Grandpa told him, said, son, it don't work like that. And he said, no, he said, he said it will. He said, I don't care, Grandpa. He said, I just want to drive the truck. And so the Grandpa asked him, he said, so you don't think all these little parts matter, do you? No, Grandpa said, just put all them big ones together and put it back on there. So Grandpa said, all right. He said, he, said, he said, you don't want to take the time to do it right. No, no, let's just get it back on there. So he said he just took the biggest parts, put it all back together, left all the jets and the springs and all the adjustments off of it, put it back together, put that carburetor back on there, and said, you know, so he said, all right, let's see if it'll start. And sure enough, he got on there and he started it up and said it fired right up for a second, said it started running, but then all of a sudden it said, oh, Grandpa, what's wrong? He's like, I don't know. Let's try it again. You know, he started again. It might fire up for a second, but then it would just die again. And he's and Grandpa said, Well, son, said that's not going to work like that, is it? Well, he said, No. He said, What's wrong with it? And Grandpa told him. He said, Son, you got to understand. He said, All these little parts are just as important as the big parts. And he said, Without, he says, As a matter of fact, without these little parts, he said, the big part won't work. So he said, We're going to have to take it back off. And we're going to, have to take it back apart, and we're going to, have to put all these little parts where they go. And he said, when these little parts get where they go, and when they start functioning like they're supposed to function, he said, then guess what's going to happen? He said, then that motor's going to purr like a baby, and it's going to. He said, it's going to function. And you know, when I heard that story, I thought, man, that is the perfect illustration of the ministry of helps. 
Because there's so many little parts. People consider it little. People consider consider it, well, I don't do nothing. I don't do nothing but serve in the nursery. You know, I don't do nothing but usher. I, oh, well, I just, you know, I don't do much. I just, I just do this one time a month or something like that. But guess what? There's no little things in the body of Christ. While you're serving, you know, I'll use that example. While, while they're back there in the nursery serving, you're able to enjoy a service here because somebody's watching your kids today. You know, while, while they're back here in teaching in King's Kids, you know, you're able to sit there. And, and, people, and people also say this. Let me mention this. People also tell me, well, Pastor, I'll just hate to sign up for something because I don't want to miss church. I don't want to miss the service. And I said, boy, isn't it a shame God didn't think about that. That, you know, that God, God designed it in a way that, that, you know, that He had something special for you today. And He had to look down there and say, oh, man, I didn't know they were serving in the nursery today. I guess they'll just miss it. No. You know what? I found, I found this to be true. When you're serving, when you're doing the ministry of helps, and, and even if you have to miss the service because of that, there'll be, there'll be other things that'll happen and there'll be opportunities to come your way that you'll be more blessed than if you were sitting in the service. And if God really has something to say to you, He'll get it to you. Amen. There'll be plenty of opportunity for you to do what, what God has called you to do. Amen. And, and if He has something, if he, if he wants to get a word to you, He'll get it to you. Amen. So what I want you to hear is just this. There's, there's no unimportant parts. If you're here today, man, and you say, Pastor, I'm not involved in anything, but I really want to, I really want to get involved, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to start serving, then, you know, then we can find somewhere something for you to do. The important thing is that everybody just, just put your hand to something that you help make the church what God designed it to be. And that was a, a whole body, every part working together, coming together, doing its part. And when every part functions the way it's supposed to function, everything runs smoothly. You can say that, you can use the example of your own body. You know, if, if, if you don't have anything hurting and everything's functioning and, and working the way it's supposed to, you know, you don't even hardly even notice you got a body. Most of us are like, well, man, I, I remember those days. You know, because most people will say, man, well, you know, I've got pains and aches and muscles and things I didn't even know I had that's hurting. Well, guess what? You know, when, when, when a muscle or an organ or a, a joint is not functioning properly, it affects everybody. It affects the whole body. And, and see, there's areas right now here at Destiny that you can get involved in that, that, is, that, that may not be up to, up to the 100% operation because you're not involved in it. But when you get involved in it, then every, every part starts doing its part, and then it starts functioning properly. Amen. So, I, listen, I just want to encourage you. Like I said, no condemnation at all. I just want to encourage you. I, just, just, I want you to see God's design is that every member... He puts every member right where he right where he wants it to be to do the job that he has for you, especially to do. The the King James says particular particularly. He, he says you know each part particularly in its own way. So in other words, it, you're special. Each one of you is special to God, and you have things that only you can do. And when you do your job, it makes everything else run a whole lot smoother. And today. Today, we, we have set aside today just to honor those that volunteer here at Destiny. And, and so, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and dismiss the leadership. If you are going to be serving today, uh, you can go ahead and go on back. And then we've got about five or ten minutes, and we'll be, uh, we'll send, I'll send the crowds, the masses, back to you.
So, uh, but but we have some we have something very special uh, in store for you today. Now, um, if you're here today and you say, "Well, I'm, I don't serve anywhere, but I you know, but I, I really want to be involved," I want to invite you to go ahead and stay. We're going, we have we have plenty of food. We have plenty uh, plenty of, of stuff back here. Because here here's what here's where my heart is today. The reason we did this is this because because our leadership. Uh, that's the the main leaders of the church, the the ones that are over the departments, the ones that uh, you know that 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 you see leading all the different things. Our heart is just to serve you today. You guys do so much of the serving. Most of you do things, and you're the ones serving. You're the ones behind the scenes doing things, cooking and cleaning, and and different things like that. We just wanted to take a day to set it aside to say, you know what? We just want to bless you. So what we're going to do? <clears throat> excuse me. When we Dismiss here in just a moment. We're going to go back and we have the table set up. And what I want you to do, I want you to go find a table and just sit down. And, and we're going to bring the meal to you. You're not even going to have to get your own food. Now, you don't have to eat it yourself. You know, we're not going to feed you. But, but, uh, but we're going to bring the food to you and we're, we're, going to, we're going to serve you today just as a way for us to say thank you. And then as you leave, every person that, has, every person that volunteers, those 55 people that I talked about that we had signed up, in different different areas and that that actual that actually serve on, on some capacity, we've got a, a special treat for you on this table right when you walk in. So, uh, but if you would just leave that leave it on the table there uh, while you're eating, and then go ahead and eat. And before you leave, make sure you've got some cards, uh, some thank you cards, and uh, and a special treat that I want you to pick up and take, and you can uh, you can be blessed with that. And as we leave, but. But uh, but here's here's what my encouragement to you is today, and this is what I believe the Lord is saying to us: You are important. You're important to God. You're important to the the, the plan of God for these last days. You know, God could have chosen any other time, any other place. He could have put you halfway around the world. But you know what? You're right here at Destiny Bible Church on September. What is today? The 29th. 2019, and you're here for a reason. It's not coincidence. It's not just the luck of the draw or anything like that. You're here because because God knew that you would need to hear this message. He knew that you would need to hear how special you were, how much He loved you, how much He needs you. He needs all of us. People say all the time, oh, God don't need me. Well, how else is He going to do anything on the earth? We're His hands and His feet. Now, it is true, God could do whatever He wants to do, but He chooses, He has chosen to use people. As a matter of fact, He thought enough of you that He came and moved on the inside of you. <laughs> you know, the Bible says we're temples of the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about that the last couple of weeks. That's how much He loves you and how much He cares for you. So today, I want you just to know, I want you, I, I want, my, my desire today is just simply this. I mean, we, I, I hope you. I hope everybody here will stay. I hope you will stay and let us love on you. Let us let us serve you today, because so many of you from uh, you know from the start of this church, uh, we started in 2003 in March of 2003. So it's you know 16 and a half years old. We've had we've had a church full of servants. We've always had people willing to serve. Graham Cook prophesied over me uh, in gosh probably 19. 95, 96. Uh, but Graham Cook, he's a, he's a pretty well-known uh, minister 
he he lived overseas at the time, but he's he's lives in America now. But he prophesied over me like in 1990, I guess it's 96. But he said this. He said he you know he said he said the Lord sees. I, I should have brought that today. I don't have I don't have it with me. But the prophecy he read something like this, or he said this. He said you know he said he said that the Lord sees your servant's heart, and he said he said that you are going to have churches full of people with servants' hearts. And, he's, and, and that's, he was the one also, he was the very first one that told me that I would write books about how to do church and how to build church. And, uh, and I'm working on that. Matter of fact, the other night in prayer, uh, the Lord gave me the outline, man. I, I mean, just He gave me the first seven chapters of the book. You know, and that, I mean, that was pretty cool in, in a Sunday night prayer meeting uh, just a couple of weeks ago. But, uh, uh, but, he, but he, said that, he said that the church, he said, he said you would have churches full of people with servants' hearts because of your servant's heart. And I can literally say that from the time we started Destiny, one of the things that, that, I, that I have seen that I would say that is true to that, that prophecy is that we have always had people willing to serve and willing to help. And I'm still that way. I still, I mean, I still want to be involved in everything and, and as much as I can and help and serve. And, and, uh, and that, that's just it's part of who I am, you know. And, and I hope it's part of who you are. I hope you enjoy serving uh, the kingdom. And just loving on people and serving other people and doing the things you do, and and we want to say, I want to say, as pastor of Destiny, I just want to say a great big thank you to every one of you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being a part. Thank you for serving. Those of you that that don't serve yet, thank you that you're going to get involved, and thank you that that you know that you you'll find areas to get plugged into, and that that you will uh, that you'll find those areas where God can use you and God can. And just, you know, because remember, I want you, one of the biggest things the Lord spoke to me today that I wanted to get out, and hopefully I, I did that, was that the ministry of helps is just as supernatural as the prophet and the pastor and the teacher and the miracle worker and, and all those things. The ministry of helps is just as supernatural as that is. And that's who, that's who we are. We're all in the ministry of helps. You know, every single Christian should be in the ministry of helps doing something. Like I said, it could be something. It could be something as simple as when the Lord tells you to, to write a card, to write it. It could be working in the nursery, the parking lot, the the lawn maintenance, the building maintenance, the nursery, you know, the king's kids, the youth. I mean, I mean, there's all kinds of areas to to get involved in. And and the the important thing to know is this: there's no unimportant parts of destiny. There's not one person that walks through that door that's that's lower in importance than another person. We're all the same. And we all serve the same God, and we're all on the same team with the same same objectives. And when we work together, when all of us work together, and and all of us do our parts, it's not a burden on any one person. Amen. And we've we've built this church that way. That's the way we built this church. Everybody doing their part, and everybody just not doing more, but just doing your part, doing what God's called you to do. And when everybody does their part then the church functions the way that it should function. Amen? So thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart and Stacy's heart for serving here at Destiny, for, for, uh, for signing up and, and showing up early and staying late and, and doing all the things that you guys do. We love you guys so much. And we want to... I, I wanted you to see this morning, and I pray that, that, that I got that across, but I just wanted you to see this morning that what you do here at Destiny is so important. You are important to God. You're important to us. And you're, you, you all, everybody sitting in this building today, you are an important part of Destiny Bible Church. 
you have a place. And I just ask you to find that place and get involved. Put your hand to the plow and let's, let's continue to make destiny the best church that it can be. Amen? And as we do that, as everybody does their part, then, man, we'll, we will all just enjoy one another's company. We'll enjoy the process and enjoy the journey together. Amen? Let me pray for you, and then, uh, then I'll give you further instructions here. So, Father, we love you. I thank you for each one, Father, that serves here at Destiny. Father, these people are so special. They're so important to you, so important to me. Father, I thank you from the, from the youngest to the oldest. Father, from the one that serves the most to the one that serves the least. Father, that they are all important to you. And Father, this morning, I just pray that, Lord, that, that just supernatural.